Hello and welcome to Switch It. Just like Faf Duplessis' form, Alan Gardner has gone missing, leaving me hoping to do what South Africa's top order has failed to and step into the breach in the absence of a talisman. At St George's Park last week, England's young guns fired them to a rare innings win away from home, with white smoke billowing after Ollie Pope's test arrival was confirmed, and a new off-spinner proving that old adage, Moeen good, leech better, Don best. With five men under the age of 25 in the lineup for a second game in a row, it's fair to say that the times they are a-changing. So who better than Mark Butcher to join us from Joburg? And with Ben Stokes adding another classic to the back catalogue, I'm joined by a regular star of our own and George DeBell. Uh, let's check in with our contingent in SA to start with. George, you've recovered from your uh, your own bout of the Benoni bug. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very well, thank you. Better than James Brown. <laughs> um, and, well, Butch, uh, we heard you speak glowingly last week about um, the victory in Cape Town. Uh, a second convincing win uh, for England in a matter of weeks, this time by an innings and 53 runs. Uh, and it probably could have been more, but for a slightly bizarre final hour of the game. Uh, was this their most impressive victory yet in Joe Root's captaincy era? Um, it was good, but uh, I would say that Cape Town was better simply because um, South Africa turned up uh, for the uh, for the New Year Test match at Newlands, um, and they were they were abject in in Port Elizabeth. So whilst you know that doesn't take any of the gloss off what England have um, have achieved over the last two Test matches, but I certainly would would put the Cape Town win right up there as being uh, out of the top draw for for Joe Root and his captaincy and the team. Um, and Port Elizabeth, well, you know, just an, another tick, I suppose, for the um, the template that England are trying to play Test matches under, i.e., you know, big first innings runs. Doesn't doesn't matter how long um, it takes us to get them, but we'll get them eventually. Um, you know, the, the three openers or the three sort of top order players at one, two, and three, blunting the uh, the South African attack. Then the stroke makers coming on and, uh, and delivering the coup de gras after that. It's all working swimmingly, and of course you get a 22-year-old taking Pfeiffer with offspin, um, as well in Don Bess, and you, you're, you're ticking a heck of a lot of boxes right now. George, it's the second test in a row that England have won the toss, chosen to bat, and eventually made runs on the board count. Um, it's a simple game, isn't it, when you look at it like that? It is, although I think they won the toss in the first test as well and made it look quite complicated. <laughs> I think actually Alistair Cook won the toss every test in India, didn't he? Um, and actually, they batted first and got runs then too. Uh, look, I, I do think we have to take in perspective how poor this South Africa side is. There were moments during that test, particularly on the fourth morning, when they were a shambolic rabble. And uh, much as um, the win is encouraging, I do think we, we need to remember that. And just, um, it puts in perspective... How far England have come, yes, but how far there is to go. I heard a wise man compare South Africa to one of Audley Harrison's uh, early opponents recently. And they were sort of suggesting that, you know, when Audley Harrison was uh, um, trying to make himself, or his promoters were trying to make himself look better than he was, he was put up uh, against quite a lot of no-hopers, pacifists and postmen who sometimes look grumpy and all sorts of people. And then when he actually fought someone who could throw a punch and not have an asthma attack when they ran upstairs. He didn't look quite so good. And maybe uh, South Africa are that angry postman. I got lost in that analogy somewhere, <laughs> didn't I? But you know what I mean. Um, so you don't think Australia will be quaking in their boots just yet? No, I don't. But the really good thing is there's still another 18 or something tests. 
till England go to Australia. And hopefully they found the players they could invest in who will learn a lot and who will have built up some experience and confidence before that tour. And, and you never know. I, I mean, Australia will start that series, no doubt, as favourites. But um, at least there's something to work on. And it looks a bit better now than it did a few weeks ago. And, and the same, I guess, applies to, to the India tour. I mean, you know, it's hard to be overly optimistic about England's chances there. But at least Don Bess has come into the side and provided uh, some encouragement. Uh, but yeah, uh, as South Africa are going through a really, really tough time now, mainly for economic reasons, as we know. And um, we, we do need to, you know, make sure that we remember that when saying how well England have played. Well, let's start... Um with the partnership that underpinned that that big first innings between uh, Ben Stokes and Ollie Pope, uh, worth 203 runs for the fifth wicket. Um, George, you've written about both of those two. I'm going to pick you up right there and say that that's not the partnership that set it up. I think it was the opening partnership, and that this is one of the problems with cricket, and with modern cricket in particular, that people are obsessed with stats, and stats are rubbish, uh, that the openers... Blunted. The openers did the job that old-fashioned openers are meant to do. They blunted the new ball. They saw off um, the South African attack, particularly Philander, who's just not fit enough to play Test cricket, and uh, and they made it a huge amount easier for the guys who followed. So I'm going to say that it was that partnership that set it up. And the other guys did brilliantly, of course, but they took advantage of the foundations built for them. Well, there's no doubt for sure that um, Dom Sibley is looking a, a lot more comfortable than he did in New Zealand. Do you, do you think he's settling in to become England's opener for the foreseeable future? Um, yeah, I don't see any reason as to why not. I mean, he's, he, he's basically just fulfilling the job description, isn't he? Um, and he looks a lot, a, a lot less tight and a lot less um, uh, stiff than he did in the first two or three test matches. And that's, that's understandable because... Hey, Test match cricket is, is is tough, and when you make that step up, it isn't always an easy transition, uh, unless you're Ollie Pope. Um, the uh, and so he's you know he's he's looking pretty good. Zach Crawley has got has got some uh, qualities that um, if he learns at the same sort of pace that the other youngsters in the side um, uh, seem to be doing, then he will you know he he, he will really benefit from his sort of surprise. Um, chance at the top of the order because of um, Rory Burns's injury, um, and you know, and, and even poor old d- beleaguered uh, Joe Denley is, is, is also look. He's not he's not making numbers that are going to keep him in the side indefinitely. But what he is doing is 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 doing exactly what George says in terms of blunting the opposition, keeping them out on their feet, getting them into their third third and fourth spells. And then allowing the, uh, the, the, the the fancy dance to come in and spank it all over the park afterwards. And that's, you know, England are set up to do it like that. And they've done it. Um, and so, again, you have to sort of take your hat off to uh, to everybody. You know, the, the conception of that is, you know, partly to, due to selectors, partly due to Silverwood and the way that he wants to play. Um, and so, look, it's been a, it's been an excellent two weeks for the, for the England Test team. Obviously, um, much as the game situation was set up by those openers, there, there was still a chance uh, when Ollie Pope walked out at 148 for four that England would uh, do what we've seen them do all, all too often in the past few years and, and fold from a uh, promising situation. But uh, th- that partnership between Stokes and Pope was phenomenal, really, wasn't it? Uh, but you th- you've obviously tracked 
uh, Pope's rise through the Surrey Academy and into the Surrey first team, into the England setup. Is he the real deal? He looks at it, doesn't he? He is. Yeah, I, I, no, no hesitation to say that. Um, you know, you don't average nearly seventy in first class cricket and not be able to play. Um, and what he also has, apart from the obvious sort of talent and precociousness, is um, there's a steel about him. There's a toughness about him. Um, he, I thought he played that situation unbelievably well. You know, as you say, 140 for four could have become 220 all out. Um, technically, he looked pretty sound. Was as you know, as good as any. You know, the, hearing the sort of root and bell comparisons, and 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 neither of them are um, neither of them are hubristic. So um, look, he's he's a gem. He's an absolute gem, and uh, I hope he gets the chance to stay at six for a while. Maybe even still be there when uh, come come the ashes, but who knows what happens between now and then. But he is he is very very good, and it, it, obviously that partnership would have been impossible without um, Stokes, who probably slipped under the radar somewhat, um, despite making another uh, superb hundred. Um, where where does he sit among Test batsmen at the moment, it, it, George? It must be sort of time to start thinking about him as on the same level as the top handful in the world. Uh, yeah, I'm really glad that you you say that. I I, th- I think he he looks as if he has pretty much the complete game. I, I honestly can't think of anyone in the world who plays the short ball better than him. Um, what you'd have to say is he needs to do it for longer, I suppose. But he's got the tempo of his batting right now, hasn't he? He gives himself time, so he will play himself in, knowing that he can make up time later because he's got such a wide range of shots as does Ollie by the way as does Ollie mm. Pope um, and what, what's lovely is that they sort of play within themselves uh, and you know that they're um, they're being they're, t- they're taking I, I don't know they're playing the percentage game I suppose uh, but he looks terrific and he has become uh, a very very good all-round batsman I mean he undoubtedly uh, warrants selection as a specialist batsman mm. and he has made that middle order well they have made that middle order look very good haven't they four five six looks as solid as it has done well probably you have to go back to you know the side that went to number one in the world uh for a time when england's middle order has looked as good so there are a few other issues but uh stokes has moved up to number five and done it really beautifully i said there were there were points in in that innings where it looked like he was having throwdowns. Um, you know, Rabada, Philander, Nokia generating a bit, a bit of pace, but it just looked so easy at times. It really was like, you know, half volley, a couple off the back foot, please. A few pulls. Chuck me a couple of off spinners. I'll smash those as well. Um, you know, and away we go. It was, uh, he, it was just nailed on that he was going to make 100. It looked it, didn't it? Did yeah. you agree about the, the point about the short ball, that he, he, he murders it, doesn't mm, he? Yeah. Yeah. He's just very good. And he's also... He looks superb against spin as well. I mean, he's, he's doled out some pretty tough treatment on uh, Paul Keshav Maharaj for most of the series. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's been the one guy um, on either side that's kind of come out and had a... And had a go at the uh, uh, had a go at spin and has yeah. done it well. Um, he does it well because he because he can get off strike whenever he wants to. So it's not just a question of block 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 big shot. Um, it's you know run the run the ball around, pick up singles. You know stay on the back foot, go back in line with leg stump and, and hit it um, anywhere between 
uh, anywhere between point and, uh, and mid wicket or square leg, uh, and then the, you know the bowler then has a, a has a bit of a problem because he can't keep him in front of him for for long periods of time, which is what um, both Bess and Maharaj did to pretty much all the other batsmen on the show. If only he could catch, he'd be a fantastic all rounder. <laughs> Uh, it's, a, it's a technical problem that you know, I, and I, 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 I will try and catch him before um, before the next Test match if I get the chance, because with his with his, he has an incredibly wide stance stance at slip to the spin bowlers, um, which if you if you can if you sort of try and do it yourself, you got to sort of spread your knees wide and then try and get try and put your hands down and touch your feet, your knees get in the way. Um, you know, you kind of your forearms or, or your hands or whatever bang into your knees, and it becomes, it becomes very difficult to catch things that are down low by your feet with a wide start. So, I would be suggesting to him that he kind of narrowed narrowed up the stance at slip, and that would give him more access to those balls that are that are coming quickly and down down by his by his ankles. Well, the other flashpoint, I suppose, in England's first innings um, was when we saw a, a, a very um, fired up, I suppose, Kagiso Rabada celebrating the, the wicket of uh, England's captain uh, in a manner that earned him a demerit point, which took his tally to four points in the last 24 months. Um, and that means he's going to be missing for Friday's test at the Wanderers. Um, was that a harsh verdict, as many have suggested, or... Uh, did he just need to tread a bit more carefully given his his previous indiscretions? Well, I've, I've got zero zero sympathy for him. Um, you know, I've, I don't know how many times I've watched him do something similar. Even in this series, uh, uh, I'm told the match referee has had a word with him um, for incidents involving uh, Zach Crawley and Joe Root in Cape Town. Um, and I'm afraid you you just you're an idiot if you keep if you keep giving the uh, the lawmakers and officials the opportunity to scratch you out, um, then then it's your fault. And I have I have absolutely zero sympathy for him. Um, I've got a lot of sympathy for, for the South African team, as if things weren't bad enough already, yeah. um, and, and Faf de Plessis. Because, you know, I was interested listening to, to Nasser, actually, on the, on the TV. He was, you know, sort of standing up for Rabada and saying that the game is, you know, shooting itself in the foot. Um but I, you know, I, I didn't get the chance because I was I was on the on, on a different medium. But I just said to him, imagine imagine we're going into a you're going into a deciding test match. You're captain of England, and Goff gets himself rubbed out by for for being an idiot. Will you, you be quite so um, supportive of him then? Because you know your chances of winning the series have have, have become increasingly uh, uh, increasingly distant by losing one of your best players. Um, and so look, I, that's that's all. I, that's my final word on it. I, he's an idiot daft and um he needs to stop it uh, i've got a, um well a, a similar slightly different view one thing that I, I i thought looking at the replays is well done joe root because he has waited and then walked around him and the slightest flinch and they're both in a lot more trouble so i thought one good old ma- mature joe root he just got a ball that came low as well so i thought one thing give a bit of credit rich to you Rabada, look I wouldn't have banned him or I wouldn't have taken that action. Um, but he can't really complain because he has been warned and he is an adult. And uh, the, I guess the, the thing that makes me uh, side a bit more with the match referee, and as I say, I wouldn't have done it actually, uh, is that do we want kids to act like that 
in school cricket. And they will copy Rabada. I mean, who, you know, why wouldn't they? Because he's fantastic in lots of ways. And do we want cricket to be like that? Well, I suspect we don't. So for that reason, you probably do have to say... Look, don't do it. He has been warned quite a lot. I mean... He's been, he's been given demerit points for doing exactly the same thing. You know, going back to the England tour in, uh, what was it, 2017, where he screamed yeah. at the top of his voice at Ben Stokes and got scrubbed out there. He he walked um, deliberately into Steve Smith at Port Elizabeth a year or so ago. Um, he keeps he keeps getting. It's not as though it's not as though you know he hasn't got any idea that perhaps this might get him into a bit of trouble. He right. was on three points in the first place. He's done it three, four times before and been scrubbed out before. I mean, how how, yeah, and, how daft do you have to be? And almost no sympathy I noticed from the South African journalists mm. who were all like, "You got to learn, mate. You mm. just got to learn." Look, this idea that players aren't allowed to show passion. Of course they are. You want to see passion. It's like I think about the guys in the hotel room next door to me. Just keep your passion a wee bit quieter. <laughs> you mentioned um, you mentioned uh, having some sympathy for Faf Plessis, especially going into this last test. Um, the pressure seems to have ramped up on him in the past couple of weeks. Uh, do you think he's 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 nearing the end of his reign as captain? Well, I I, I think he is. Yeah, I don't think it'll be this series. I don't think they can afford to. They can afford to lose any more players before tomorrow. Well, no, it won't be. No, that. no. but you know, no. So <laughs> he's, he's already handed over the captaincy for the ODIs to, to Quentin de Kock. He's he's been on record for for a long, long time now, saying that he wants to take the team to the World T Twenty, and that will probably be it. Um, but at the moment, you know, it's, it's difficult to kind of to, to, to narrow down one area where it's where it's going wrong for them. Yes, his form with the with the bat has not been particularly good. Yes, he, he you know not opening the bowling with Rivada um, in the on, in the first innings. That their, their, their body language, all of South Africa's body language on day one of the Test match was really weird. Um, you know, we, everyone was kind of expecting a backlash from Cape Town, um, and they and they literally sleptwalked their way through day one of the Test match. Um, and so all is not well, that is for sure. But um, but Faf will Faf will continue um, in the, in this series and hope, I suppose, that he can that he can start to draw some performances out of some of his more senior players. Not that they have many of them now. All I would say on that is that we look for quick fixes, and just as people were saying Joe Root needed to be replaced a couple of weeks ago, mm. or some people were. Uh, and now I think it's similar with Faf in that you can get anyone you like in as captain. You, you could have to, anyone in history. You could bring him in. They're not going to solve the problems of South African cricket and the South African economy, which is the real issue. Uh, and actually, he's been dealt a hospital pass. And, and while there are problems, you can see why people are a bit down and spirits aren't great because... You know, they they could all move to England and make more money working in a post office or something. You know, it's very very difficult. Um, so I, I I think it's yeah I think it's a bit simplistic to just say change the captain, change the results. There are deep seated problems in South African cricket, and it'd be really nice if the ICC or all the other nations got together and tried to find a solution. One thing I would suggest is that uh, I don't think that they're T20 competition is a lot of... Uh, I think they're wasting a lot of money on it. They had a perfectly adequate one before. And if they spent some of that money 
persuading some of the coal pack players to come back, I think it would be money much, much better spent. Uh, so no quick fix. Presumably you're not expecting to see much of a turnaround um, at the Wanderers, but do you think there'll be a, a last hurrah for Vernon Philander? Uh, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick him. I wouldn't have picked him in the last test. Um, you know, it, it's it's kind of the, the guys. The guy's been doing a lap of honour for the for the since the Centurion Test match. Well, he played well. You see, that's the thing. When you we were talking earlier, weren't we, about mm. they played well in the first test? Mm. What changed? Yeah, one England were ill in mm. the first test. Two, Vernon was fit, mm. and he's now he's now not because he can't back it up. He's just not fit enough, and he never has been. But now he looks like Oliver Hardy. <laughs> he's, he's a joke in the field. Yeah, I mean, he, what did he bowl? Fifteen overs out of one hundred and fifty. Yeah. Oh, come on now. It's not fair on the other bowlers, and he takes the new ball, mm. and it, and he you know almost sort of refuses to bowl when if Stokes is batting. I do wonder the way that he treated him in, in Cape Town. Well, right, I, I do wonder what they're thinking at Taunton. Yeah, we've just signed the unfittest man in cricket. <laughs> he might win them the championship yeah, yeah. in April, but I swear to God, he's not playing much in ju- June, July. But then I suppose he won't be needed when he's yeah, championship yeah. cricket. The Ring of Bells might have a uh, a new customer. They might, he'll like it there. I once won the meat raffle there. He would love that. <coughs> Moving back onto England, it, quite, um, s- strong contrast, uh, to Vernon Philander. Um, Mark Wood was back in the last test, uh, playing his first game of professional cricket at all since the World Cup final. Um, George, how good to s- see him back bowling oh. fast. Oh, it's terrific. It, I mean, it's such fun. Any fast bowler. I think, I, I'm loving Nokia as well, but Wood is a bit special. And uh, again, he got a, he got a none for in the first innings, didn't he? He was brilliant. He was absolutely mm. fantastic, and he made a difference. He rattles batsmen as very few bowlers do. Uh, one, it's just good because he's a good fellow who's had no luck at all. And remember that serious injury was caused in the World Cup final, and he decided to bowl on for the good of the team. So uh, I think it's just from a human uh, basis. Good for him for spending all those weeks and months in rehab mm. and having another day in the sun. And also, hopefully, he can back it up and have a test career. It would have been easy for him to go and become a T20 professional. He really loves it, and he got a bit of reward. And I thought he bowled, um, well, one, I thought it was a lot of fun, because that was a wickedly slow pitch. And, um, and two, I thought he added a dimension to the bowling attack. And I bet you, I bet you, Jofra will be inspired to uh, match him. So, um, and I've seen Joffrey in the nets today and he looked equally rapid. So, um, yeah, a, a, a plus in every single way. I thought it was really, really good fun. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I can't disagree with any of that. Um, I do think that tactically um, I wouldn't have used him as a, as a battering ram in the way that, that England did. Um, everybody says and, and, and history suggests that Port Elizabeth, even though it is very slow, you get your wickets by by pitching the ball up, naming at the stumps, um, and to and and for Mark Wood to start a bowling spell without having even tried to to sort of you know aim the ball at off stump with a couple of slips, try and do sort of some orthodox wicket taking, um, he was bowling to a five four leg side field, um, and I I just didn't think that was right. I think that number one, if you're if if you want to get two test matches in a row out of him you're, you're really you're really asking a lot if that's the way you're going to use him and number two I think he's better than that he's better than just running up and, and hurling the ball at the batsman's heads 
Um, Spot on. So yeah, I mean that 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 would be the only criticism I have of that was the way that he was used. But and that's I, not him. No, of course I, not. I, I think no, he, he was. I he, think he would agree. He was. He mentioned it. I spoke to him in an interview at the end of um, day three or yeah, day I four, it, yeah. and he yeah, and he said you know it's a bit tough on the body doing that, and I'm kind and of team know, orders. Team orders, correct. And I don't, but I don't think the team orders were correct. But there we go. I mean, look, you see, we do, we judge too much by results hmm. and stats, and the fact is actually on the last day and a half. Jeru had a bit of a shocker. I mean, him bowling on that last morning was... It, it got to be a little bit embarrassing, didn't mm. it? Um, anyway, it's no big deal in the grand scheme of things, but I do think he had a bad hour or so there. Yeah, I mean, I, to take the devil's advocate point on Wood, you could maybe say, I mean, ag- agreeing with your point about reading too much into stats, maybe that he pretty much assisted uh, Don Best's five for... Um, by getting South Africa's batsmen to be camping back on the back foot, not not using their feet in the way you should. Is that fair enough? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, bowling in partnerships, all those all those cliches, absolutely true. Um, but, I, but I still think, I still think that there were wickets for Mark Wood. I mean, the way he knocked over Dean Elgar, um, you know, by, by getting the ball fuller, um, you know, I just think if you if, if if from ball one you say to your fast bowler right and want you to bowl round the wicket to the left hander and we're going to have lots of men on the leg side and you've only got one slip, he's sort of running in thinking my options are limited for getting this guy out here at the moment, um, and that's the name of the game, isn't it? Bowl mm. fast, try and get people out, um, as he did in St Lucia. Um, you know, sometimes I think you, the the modern the modern captain or the modern game, whether it's because of um, analysis and all this kind of stuff, just is too quick to go into hyper funk mode there's more James Brown references um, when a bit of a bit of what's worked you know a bit of what's taken wickets for the last 150 years of test match cricket would, would do just as well George you mentioned uh, having watching watching Joffre bowl in the nets today um, looked like he was sending down some pretty quick stuff uh, are you expecting him to come back into the side yes but I uh, but I'm not certain just because he'll have to you know, wake up tomorrow morning without a stiff elbow, and and, and who could predict that? I've no, I've no idea. Um, but he couldn't have done much more today. He looked um, a real handful, and he was enjoying it. He bowled seven overs, but it's all about waking up tomorrow morning, and being able to do it again. He'll have to bowl a couple of overs in the nets tomorrow just to make sure he's okay. So will Mark Wood. I honestly couldn't predict what's going to happen. Bearing in mind Wood's history, I'd be a bit nervous. Um, they say he's sore today, and they say it with a bit of a frown. So <laughs> that, that's all I'm reading into it. He didn't. He didn't train today. Um, bearing in mind his history, not sure whether you'd risk him, but uh, he'll love to play, and it would be a lot of fun to see both of them. If they're both fit, that would be about as fast a pair as England have fielded together in God knows how long, really, wouldn't it? Well, I, I was thinking about this. I mean, Flintoff and Harmison for a while were extremely sharp. Mm. Uh, and, and I suppose, I mean, there are other people like Craig White and Goff and all, all sorts of people at different times. But I know what you mean. And the fact is that Stokes can come on and bowl fast when required. And he goes over 90. Um, yeah, it's, look, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's really, really attractive. And they're both a lot more than quick bowlers. I mean, they're, they're both very skillful I mean, Chopra's about as skillful as a bowler as you, you'll see, really. Uh, and, and Mark Wood can swing it reverse and conventional. So I hope they don't just get asked to bowl short or anything, particularly here, where Stuart Broad showed last time, you know, a good length. You get a bit of bounce. It's a Stuart Broad length pitch, this one. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, really, really attractive. But I hope they 
uh, England, Joe Root doesn't get carried away with what he, the weapons he has. And actually they remember that it's, I guess it's a bit like bowling at Perth, isn't it? People actually sometimes get carried away and go a bit short. Yeah, yeah. The edges come from fuller balls, it's a, yeah, simple as that. I, and I also hope, I mean, it's a, an old favourite of mine, but I also hope that if they are both fit, that the person that, that, that uh, makes way is not Don Bess. Who should it be then? Well, you know, um, potentially, so Sam Sam Curran gets in the in the in the firing line, I suppose. Um, Butch calls for Curran head. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> but I I, I, th- I, don't, I don't think they both play. I think that Wood they might not risk Wood two on the two on the bounce. I, I think that's probably right. Yeah, and the, the England will stay the same. Four uh, and one. Four and one. That's the way to do it. And if, si- it. if Sibley had caught that catch down the leg side, I think. Uh, was it down the leg side, actually? Root would have ended with a fifer. And I reckon they might be more prepared to drop Bess. But that last 20 minutes or so of Root bowling may have reminded him that he is a, you know, he's a batsman who bowls a bit. Mm. Yeah, it was quite a, a, a sort of surreal um, last wicket partnership, wasn't it? I think it was 99 in the end between Maharaj and uh, the debutante Dane Patterson. Um, <laughs> it wasn't a particularly... Uh, promising sign in terms of England's ruthlessness, was it? Oh, I wouldn't read too much into it. Uh, I think more, it probably shows how well they'd done up to that point. South Africa had a swing and got a bit lucky. I, I mean, I really wouldn't read too much into it, but I do think, I think Butch and I both said the expression mother cricket at one stage, <laughs> which obviously is kind of nonsense, but it is amazing how the game bites you on the arse if you don't respect it. And uh, for, for a team that is admirably not interested in chasing personal milestones. They chased a big personal uh, milestone. I thought, I thought there was a moment there where the captain set, set a, a slightly interesting example. Mm. But, you know, uh, he's allowed to do that every now and again. Yeah, it would have been um, would have been one of the, I think, the first five for an England captain since Bob Willis. Maybe he was just, uh, got a little bit carried away. Well, maybe. I mean, he, you know, he had bowled pretty well the previous evening. But I thought to start the day uh, at that end... Instead of Bess, and to start the, and to take the new ball mm. and all sorts of things, I thought he bowled a lot with new balls. Um, that was a bit of a surprise. Um, yeah, I don't think Joe Root will take the new ball in Test cricket again. But I, <laughs> I wouldn't have thought so. Um, the the other question mark, I suppose, um, to the extent England have one going into this last Test, um, mo- most of the the batsmen have um, come out of this series with their their reputations enhanced. Um, have played very well, but there, there's a little bit of a cloud hanging over Joss Butler. Uh, he's made 87 runs so far in this series in, fi- in five innings. Uh, he's averaging 22 since the start of uh, the Ashes last summer. Uh, I've written about him in the past couple of days and have sort of slowly been coming to the conclusion it might be in everyone's best interest for him to miss the Sri Lanka tour and have a little bit of time off before the IPL. Um, do either of you agree with me? It's not a terrible shout, no. Um, it, it looks... It was funny actually when he walked out to bat um, on day two, and sort of South, South Africa sort of surrounded him and gave him a bit of um, you know a bit of a warm welcome um, out in the middle. I was really surprised because I, what I what I thought I would see would be Joss kind of like push his shoulders back and kind of you know get into the battle a little bit, a bit of confrontation, kind of you know fling a few barbs back and and hope that that would um, you know liven him up, get the feet moving, get him into you know get the adrenaline pumping. Uh, but it didn't really. It, it kind of, you know, he was out there and he was pretty passive again. 
And I think one of the issues with with Joss as a as a as a long form batsman is that without the um, without the, the the target of a run chase or without the sort of like the absolute absolutely defined um, role that you have to that you have to play because of the, uh, the you know the time pressure that you're under in white ball cricket that he kind of is a bit lost. And that, but for me, that would have been the perfect opportunity for him when they when they all went at him like that to kind of like go right, come on! I mean, now now I'm in the battle. I'm, now I'm going to get myself going. Uh, but that wasn't the case, and he kind of he struck a, a, a slightly forlorn is not quite the right word, but a sort of um, a less than uh, a less than confident character around um, the team in the last couple of weeks. And so you might be right, you know, Johnny Besto is sort of there. He's champion of the bit to come in and, and, and play. And he would he would take any opportunity. He'd bat three, he'd open, he'd do anything to get back into the side. Um, but perhaps perhaps Sri Lanka is is you know, and you've got somebody like Ben Folks who who did so brilliantly down there just recently might find himself back in the back in the running again. I don't think he kept very well either, which would be a worry. Uh, look, Joss doesn't actually have any track record of scoring runs in first class cricket. Mm. I think it's six centuries in his entire. 110-game first-class career. He's made one century and 40 test matches. I think he averages in first-class cricket something like 31-32, doesn't he? So I thought it was a very good piece, Heavy. Yeah, it's late 30s. You're right. So I thought it was a very good piece, but I, I, I do think, I come back to that, that he's never maybe learnt the craft of uh, first-class long-form batting. And while it would be silly to compare him to someone like I don't know, Joffre or Rabada or who, who else, you know, hits the odd lovely ball, but you never think they're going to string an innings together. He hasn't really done that very often. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I hear that they're thinking of resting him for Sri Lanka. I, I don't think they're necessarily resting him, as you put it, with a view to making him fresh for the IPL. I kind of well, hope although, not. But I mean, in a, in a, you know, in a, well, world, T, in a world T20 year, that, is, that isn't as absurd as it sounds, is it? Really? Well, he's going to be fine for the world T20. We know, look, he is a brilliant white ball cricketer. There, there are all sorts of... Co- it's such a big subject, this. There are all sorts of complications. If it wasn't for central contracts, which are clearly a very good thing, he might retire from red ball cricket tomorrow, but he won't. But, I mean, who on earth can retire when you're getting the, the amount of money they're getting to play until October? So... What they might want to think about is starting the transition between Owen Morgans as captain and Joss Butler and make Joss the 50-over ODI captain, almost now-ish. Obviously, Owen carries on and um, he he, uh, will lead England to the World T20. But, you know, at some stage, they're going to make a change. It's quite a long time till the next 50-over global tournament. And Owen could still be on the side and sort of help him as as required. I don't know, but it might make sense to make that transition now. Joss Butler is a wonderful, maybe even a great white ball cricketer. No, he is a great white ball cricketer. But I think that his red ball game might be uh, dragging him down. And if he's a fresher, better white ball cricketer for not playing it anymore, let it go. He doesn't, you know, that's fine. He's been tried quite a lot now, 40 tests. I don't know. You could even argue that he'd complicate things if he got a hundred in Joburg. Yes, I, but I'm guessing. No one's told me that, um, but I do. I think the argument for Ben Folks to come back in in Sri Lanka is so strong that I don't even think Ed Smith can ignore it. And I think that uh, if you were picking 
on form right now Johnny Best ever play at Joburg, which I don't think he will. But I saw them both in the nets playing Joffre today, and there was no comparison. I mean, honestly. I woke he bowled uh, Joss, middle stump as well. He, he looks out of sorts, and I think it's uh, weighing him down. And I, I just think, let's free him up and let him be the fantastic white ball cricketer we know he is. Uh, he can lead that team to the next World Cup. Um, yeah, it, playing both, all formats is too much for everybody anyway. So uh, uh, let's not make it into a yeah, big I mean, negative thing. Let's, let's, let's try and make it a positive thing. He's probably one of three players, I guess, with alongside Root and Stokes, who is sort of still running on uh, on empty post World Cup to an extent. I mean, we um, ask an awful lot of them, and it would be no bad thing if one or two of them decided to specialise a little bit more. Uh, I look, I, I think the Joss experiment has been tried, uh, and I think um, everyone wishes him well. He, he's a very good cricketer, obviously huge talent. But he doesn't actually have a track record of scoring first-class runs. And I don't think he's got a technique for test cricket. I don't think he ever has done. Um, you know, he, he could still prove me wrong, of course. But we persevered for a very, very long time with people like uh, Graham Hick and Mark Rampakash. And I think we're in that territory now. Butch, agreed? I Do you agree? Yes. <laughs> I, have nothing, I have nothing further, nothing further to add, Your Honour. <laughs> um, one final thing ahead of the uh, the Sri Lanka tour. Um, there's a report today uh, in the Daily Telegraph that uh, England squad for that trip might not include either Stuart Broad or James Anderson. Uh, George, do you think that's uh, accurate? And if so, would it be something of a shock? Well, for one thing, it wouldn't be a shock because it was in my piece about four days ago. <laughs> uh, and two, I, I think it's entirely natural that they, they shouldn't go. I think they've got to make a decision on... Uh, Joffre and Wood for that tour as well I'm not sure I'd send either of them as I wrote several days ago uh, they will I think play the all-rounders they'll play Wokes and they'll play Curran and they'll play Stokes as their seamers and uh, they can all bat so they won't be wasting their time Um, actually I think that um, James Anderson played a greater role there last time than he makes out you know he bowled dry which the spinners couldn't really do but it's going to be about spin isn't it and um, England will try and make up for the fact that they haven't got one or two great spinners by paying three or four pretty decent ones who hopefully can dovetail. And they dovetailed absolutely beautifully last time. So, look, they've got to try and convince Moen if he wants to go or, you know, that relationship needs repairing. If he's in a fit state to go, then great. I've no idea. Uh, we want Leach to be fit and healthy. Uh, and then, you know, Don Bess has probably taken that other position. If there were a leggy who were in a great state, then that would be good too. But I haven't seen one. I don't think that Mason Crane is um, fully fit and firing right now. I might be wrong, but I don't think he is. Uh, I don't think they'll persuade Adil to go. And Parkinson. Um, but Mike Parkinson... He's got a lot of work to do. He's, it's almost a health hazard when he's bowling at nets because the ball gets hit so far. So you, you you don't think he'll you think he'll travel or Matt Parkinson? Yeah, no, no, no. I'd be absolutely staggered if he went to Sri Lanka. Really? So in that case, Leach uh, Dawson as a sort of backup option. That, well, that's that's my view at the moment. That it, I mean, we don't know that Leach is okay. You know, I mean, we've got to remember that Leach had sepsis in New Zealand. That that is that is yeah. serious. You're an hour or two from dying if you you know that is bad. So we, he needs some time just to get well. 
uh, and, and it would be silly to try and predict what's going to happen with either him or Moen. I just don't know. But in an ideal world, you take Bess, Moen, Leach. And I think that's probably the best we've got well, at the moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, as for the, you know, article saying Anderson and Broad, I mean, I'd be pretty, yeah, I'm pretty confident that they won't go. And uh, as, I, I, as I say, I wrote that a few days ago. Uh, that was a wee bit of a tip, but I don't think anything's completely confirmed right yet. But why, you know, why, why would you take them? Anderson's coming back from injury mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Broad's not going to get anything out of that. So, um, and also maybe it helps with the transition to move on from them. Um, which is, you know, it's going to happen. It's going to happen quite soon. So um, that's no bad thing. I don't think it should be a shock at all. Well, so England's changing of the guard um, looks set to continue in Sri Lanka um, as they, their young players hope to uh, wrap up a convincing 3-1 win uh, in the final test at the Wanderers. Uh, my thanks to George and Butch for joining us uh, and thank you too for listening to the Switch It podcast on ESPNCrickInfo.com.